Uh, many of you know we are selling our house. Uh, it's almost done. I think we're hopefully going to close this week and uh, we're moving. We're moving out of here. I uh, don't have the next place yet. But during you, during the sale of your house, there's all these processes that you go through and there's inspections and assessments and, and different people coming and going and look at it and stuff like that. And things we have to maybe fix or not fix. And so after one of the uh, kind of inspections comes through, you know, get the list of things that they notice. And they're just going through trying to find things that are wrong. It's very sort of a very vulnerable uh, feeling. And one of the things they came back is that, oh, the attic, uh, sorry, the furnace in the attic isn't working. The furnace uh, doesn't seem to be working. And I was like, and our realtor was like, oh, maybe they just didn't know how to work it. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, I don't think that thing's working. And it's just, you know, up in our attic, it's just this carrier, heater, furnace thing. And it's worked without issue for 11 years. And now it doesn't work. And now on the day for, of inspection, it doesn't work. It's deciding not to work. And I mess with it a little bit. I was playing with the, the controls. You know, I climb up to the attic and I've got, you know, YouTube and a headlamp and some couple of tools. And I'm just staring at this big piece of metal that's not doing anything, that's not working. And I'm just like, are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? And I think this is going to cost me like $5,000. Are you serious right now? And it's funny, you've ever said that, like, are you serious right now? Maybe you kind of say it to yourself, are you serious right now? Like, you can't be serious right now. Like, who are we saying that to? Like, I, I was kind of saying it, I guess, to the furnace. I was kind of maybe saying it to myself, maybe to God in some way, when you just say, are you serious right now? Like, when your life just has that much happening, and then one more thing goes wrong, one more thing breaks down, one more thing falls through, are you serious right now? This letter of first people... First people, this letter of First Peter is to a people having a bunch of these moments and way worse. And, and what started out as exciting in their journey as believers is now getting to be pretty difficult. And it's like, are you serious right now? Are you serious right now? These are people scattered and exiled, living under the reign of a very bad man by the name of Nero. A very dangerous time for the church, for Christians, for believers. And this is a letter from Peter to encourage that church. And Peter is, has been through some stuff. He's been in prison. He's been up against it. He will go up against it. He will be martyred for it. He is all in. And he is a, he is a voice of, of hope and encouragement and also reality. Also reality. This is First Peter. We're going to hang around this for a few weeks. Uh, yeah, if you read the Bible on your own, uh, pick up 1 Peter. Start, start working through it, and uh, we'll see what God has for us in that. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 1. This is a letter from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, uh, Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago, and His Spirit has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed Him and been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. First Peter. Peter, an apostle of Jesus to the exiles, to the foreigners. Some, some translations may read to the aliens. People scattered, living in places that aren't quite their home. And this is part of our history. This is church history. Uh, church history has always been about uh, the church being exiles and foreigners and slaves under uh, Babylon and Egypt and others. But this means that we are a people with this sordid kind of past of not quite fitting in. That God's people have, been a, have a history of being a misunderstood minority. 
The church has been a misunderstood minority for, for, for generations upon generations, for hundreds, hundreds of years. Because we live under a different authority. We live under a different king. And so he's acknowledging that, hey, I know you guys are out there living in foreign lands. Like the prevailing culture is here. There's all this prevailing culture. But the Jesus culture is like right here. It's like this little subculture. It's this little minority culture. Everyone else is doing all this, but you guys live this way. And Peter says, I know you're in uncomfortable places. And he starts listing them off. This is a circular letter. This is going to go around to everybody. It's almost to say, too, you're not alone. Maybe you feel alone, but you are not alone in those places. Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, all Roman provinces, which is now Turkey, all scary places to live. And it's so easy to think for us sometimes, because sometimes we live in these kind of scary places. It's like, oh, no one else understands what it's like. No one understands what it's like here in Cappadocia. No one, no one gets it. Oh, well, if you were in Galatia, uh, if you knew what I knew, uh, if you had a background like mine, that pressure like we do, uh, it's so much easier where you are. And we all kind of think that way. And we're all in some place, and they are a little bit different, but not that different. Not that different. Your struggles are not that different. Peter said, hey, God chose all you guys. You're all part of his family. You all know the grace of Jesus. You're all in a hard place. As he goes through this letter, you're all in a hard place. May you have more grace and more peace. More grace and more peace. He goes on. And uh, verse 3 through 12 is, I probably won't get to it all this morning, but it's really a song of praise. We read it in the Bible and it's just kind of text. Like, oh, blah, blah. But it's, it's like, it's a poem or a song of praise. And so read 1 Peter 3 through 12 and let it soak in as you would a worship song. He says this, now we live with great expectation. This again, this is the people living in a very hard time with a very hard, maniacal emperor, fearful for their lives. They're being uh, persecuted by way of uh, just the way of economy and jobs and famine and food. And, and, and they're just losing kind of everything. It's a difficult place to be up against the Greek and Roman civilization for the early church. And Peter says, now we live with great expectation and we have a priceless inheritance. Oh, that's awesome. Priceless inheritance. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. Oh, that sounds awesome. It's kept in heaven, safe, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. Man, amen. And through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. This is so encouraging. You have an inheritance. It's not here now. You can't have it yet, but it's safe. And through your faith, God is protecting you. He's not protecting you by removing the trials. He's protecting you through your faith that tells you this is not all there is. Verse 6, so truly be glad. Truly be glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while. This is kind of a but statement. It's like, you have this inheritance, it's in heaven, it's awesome. Be encouraged, you have great expectations. God's protecting you by his power. Be glad, you have faith. But, but even though you must endure many trials for a little while, it's gonna be awesome. But it's gonna suck right now for a little while. It's going to be brilliant and beautiful and fulfilling 
and, and incredible, have expectations for that. But right now, it's just going to be a little bit hard. But that's good because verse 7, these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. You love him now, even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. And this is his high level encouragement, but it's also reality. But it's a reminder that, that where our hope lies and where our hope and where our joy comes from is not here. It's not here. It's in our, it's in our Father. It's in, the, it's in the grace that's found in Jesus Christ. I talked about this idea of being tested, and tested as uh, refining gold. And we've talked about that this year before. But what that process was when they'd have the precious metals, this gold, uh, what they would do is they'd put it under fire and put it in heat and they would burn it and melt it and boil it. And what would happen as they boiled it is that the impurities in it, the other elements or just other kind of junk, would, would rise to the surface. And so you're working with this vat of gold and the other stuff that rise to the surface. And it's not just so that you would see it there, like, oh yeah, this gold's got some stuff in it. It's so that you would take it out. It's for easy removal. Like, okay, the fire has brought the junk to the top. Now we can skim it out of there. Now we can refine this gold. And this COVID season, this election season has put some of us through some heat, through some fire. Like if Trump won, I'm not sure some of you would have made it. Some of you, like, we're just so stricken with fear and anxiety. Like I haven't seen that kind of anxiety since I sat next to Bruce at last year's Dodgers playoff game. And so as you look back on this year, all of us will be able to find areas of our lives that we could say, yeah, that wasn't my best self. If you're able to sit down and take some time, and I would encourage you to do this, to just reflect on 2020, because it's, it's a pivotal year, it's an important year. Sit back and look, yeah, that, that wasn't the best me. Definitely some impurities surfaced during this season. Right, a certain posture, an attitude, an emotion, fear, worry. It's like, I didn't represent the hope I have in Jesus. But it kind of came to the surface. And I have that stuff. If I look back, man, I could have been a better leader. I could have treated my family more compassionately. I should have spent more time in prayer, on my knees in prayer. Well, okay, that's part of the refinement. As long as you let it be, and working on these impurities without just trying to mix them back in, like, oh, shoot, there's some stuff. Mix that back in so nobody sees it. Let it come up and try to skim it out. Peter points out this future hope, this expectation of his future hope. And he talks about it, Jesus. He's like, it's Jesus you never met, but you have faith in. Like, that's faith. Faith requires some degree of uncertainty. Like, most of us don't like uncertainty. Anyone like uncertainty? Like, oh, yeah, I, don't, I like when I don't know what's going on. Like, we don't like that. We like to be certain. We just want to know. I mean, how often, even during this time, like, I don't, like, I don't really care. I just want to know. I, I just tell it to me straight. I just want to know when COVID's going to be over. I just want to know who's going to be the president. Like, I, I don't care either way. I just want to know. I want to be certain. But uncertainty is inevitable. It's inevitable. Like, we're moving from our house right now. And the next house is uncertain. We don't have the next house. We're moving into uncertainty. And it's not something we, we fix. Now, we're active in doing what we can in this time, in this space, but we don't have the house yet. So we're living in uncertainty. We're moving into uncertainty. And it's not always something you fix. It's not always something you conquer. Like, I'm going to conquer the uncertainty. No. You know what you do? You endure. It's something you endure. 
When things are uncertain, when there's trials and storms, it's not just something to zip out of. It's like, I got to endure this. Endure this. He says in verse 6, be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. (laughs) Even many trials. Like, yeah, there's wonderful joy ahead, but you have a bunch of trials ahead of you. Oh. But he says for a little while, because comparatively, life is a mist. It's a vapor. It's temporal. It's a little while. And endurance is something we build up over time. How? Through challenges, through work, through exercise, through practice. That's how you build endurance. But we don't like doing things over time. We like things now. We like things instant. We like Amazon Prime. Like if you shop on Amazon and it's not Prime, you're like, that's not for sale. Well, it is for sale. You just can't get it tonight. Endurance, a strong faith, takes time and work and it takes some heat. Trials are unavoidable. Jesus said, said, you're going to suffer. It's going to be hard. Peter writes it. Paul writes it. It's going to be hard. Trials are unavoidable, unavoidable, but endurance is achievable. Trials are unavoidable, but endurance is achievable. Your suffering in whatever season you're in is unavoidable, but endurance is achievable. You build it up. You stand firm. Like this year for me, not nearly as difficult as last year. Not even close. Not even close to the challenges I faced last year. And I am healthy this year because I got my butt kicked last year. When I go about like, I don't know, I'm doing okay. This isn't really phasing me. But I'm healthy this year because I got my butt kicked last year. I'm grounded this year. I'm standing firm this year because I was knocked over last year. And that builds endurance. Check this out, verse 9. We'll we'll close up with this uh, verse for this, this week. Uh, the reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. So he's encouraging them in this faith and this trust. And he's like, the reward will be the salvation of your souls. Now, salvation, we often think of in terms of eternal, like heaven and, and our, you know, where we're going in the afterlife, which is part of it. That is part of salvation. But it's also understood through much more like a context in scripture. When they talk about salvation, it was deliverance. It was, it was really just deliverance. It was being saved now. Salvation's being saved now from something now. And this is all over the Old Testament in particular, as in deliverance, as in salvation, as Lord grant me salvation from my enemies. Not from heaven and hell, from my enemies. Save me now. Be my salvation now. The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. In classical Greek, uh, it's it's soteria or soteria. And and it means deliverance or preservation. And they would use this word commonly. And it was was talked about like for a man's safe return to his home or or to his own country after an absence on a journey. So you've been away. We're praying for their salvation, meaning bring him home. It can mean a guarantee of safety or, or security against danger. Salvation. See, trusting God now brings a wellness to your soul now. Trusting God now brings a wellness to your soul now. And to allow the messaging all around us to creep in and cause fear and anxiety and division and hatred and animosity, that hurts our souls now. Trusting God. 
trusting God keeps our souls healthy, saves our souls even now. See, trusting God isn't just about some ticket out of here, but a way to live while we're here. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. Uh, Lord, I pray for those who just feels like their souls are just turned up and it's been hard and there's been anxiety and there's been some messy things. Lord, I just pray for grace and peace. As first Peter, as Peter opens up, more grace and more peace, more grace and more peace. May you know that there is plenty of grace and plenty of peace available to you. Lord, for those who are just, yeah, just going through it, I pray for deliverance now. Pray for a rest now. Lord, I just pray for some tranquility now as we have the courage to trust you now. In your name we pray, amen. All right, you guys, thanks for hanging out. We will see you soon. Uh, Peace. Don't forget your kids.